Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. This is your before and after story, where your first steps towards a new life-changing career begin. Southeastern College can take you there. We offer in-demand hybrid and online programs with hands-on training, led by in-field career professionals and career services to put you on the path to a rewarding and fulfilling future. This is where your transformation begins. Southeastern College, your future is bright. Visit sec.edu to get started. This podcast of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs is sponsored by AAA Heating and Air. Attention homeowners, due to upcoming government regulations, the current energy efficiency ratings for HVAC systems will change. Current inventory cannot be sold after December 31st. As the year 2023 starts, customers can expect to pay an average of 30% more for a new HVAC unit that will meet the new government regulations. So what does this mean for you, the customer? There's no better time to purchase a new HVAC system. AAA Heating and Air must empty their warehouse to make room for the new systems. No deals will be turned down. With their 15-year parts and labor warranty plus guaranteed financing, they have made it possible for anyone to get a new system. Call today and enjoy your new home comfort as quickly as tomorrow. But you can only get this special deal by calling 803-677-1500. AAA Heating and Air wants to give you their best deal possible on a new HVAC unit, but you have to call today. 803-677-1500. And tell them you heard about this deal on 107.5 The Game's Gamecock Central Podcast. AAA Air when you need us. AAA Heating and Air. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, founded by Firemen with Pearson Fowler. This has been in the works for a while. We're really excited to officially have the Gamecock Central Hour. Chris Clark. And JJ has accepted an invite to the Senior Bowl already, which is awesome, uh, the Reese's Senior Bowl. And Wes Mitchell. Um, I think he's well above 200 in the, like, the 210 range. Uh, a dude in the weight room, too, like from a strength standpoint. On the home of the Gamecocks, 107.5 The Game. Game. Two minutes after 11 o'clock on a Friday morning, not just any Friday, a football Friday, a firehouse subs Friday, a dude in the weight room Friday, a dude, a what dude. A, what an idiot. Who says that? <laughs> uh, you are definitely in the, I don't know, top like quartile of people that I know that says dude, probably not top 1%, but you're up there. Welcome in. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Pearson, Chris, Wes, no Preston. Playing hooky on a Friday. You almost said Preston, I feel like. like it's yeah, just, I did. No, it's, it's really natural. hard. I just, I'm so into the rhythm of saying, that, like when you weren't here the other day, our, Chris made a point 
to like, oh, wow, when I didn't accidentally say your Twitter handle. It was impressive. It's really hard. It's very difficult. But we have a lot to get to on today's show. Of course, Carolina taking on Texas A&M tomorrow. The Gamecocks still about a three-point underdog, but it feels, at least in Columbia, of course, surrounded mostly by South Carolina fans, but the momentum really feels like it is favoring South Carolina in this game. So we'll start to talk more about that matchup, or I guess kind of finish talking about that matchup. We'll talk more about Firehouse Subs since it's a Firehouse Subs Friday, and there are literally Firehouse Subs right outside the door right now that I'm not going to eat for 57 more minutes, and that is infuriating, <laughs> knowing that that's sitting on the other side of the door and I'm just not going to get to eat it. Regardless, before we get too far down that road, I want to give you guys a chance to win some money. It's time for your chance to win $100 and qualify for the $25,000 grand prize in our $25,000 signing bonus contest. Just text the following national keyword to 95819. Your national keyword to text is... Change. C-H-A-N-G-E. A lot of letters. C-H-A-N-G-E. Change. Text that national keyword to 95819. Standard text messaging rates may apply. Please don't text and drive. The $25,000 signing bonus contest on 107.5 The Game. Chris, quick, who's the most important Carolina player for the Gamecocks pulling up set tomorrow against Texas A&M? Go. Oh, Marshawn Lloyd. Wow. It's the, it's the you were ready. One. Did you hear me tease that earlier? You got to prep your answer? I'm not going to say. No comment. <sighs> Easy answer, but but yeah, easy it, I agree. Is easy, it? easy answer? Yeah, easy answer. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It wow. Is. Yeah. See, y'all, y'all agree. You don't have another answer, Wes. It's just it's just Marshawn. Well, I feel like this. Uh, Why not Javon Gwynn? <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like when you say Marshawn, they're like all these other. You know, they have to block for him, obviously. But it's a lot easier to just say Marshawn Lloyd than it is to name the entire offensive line. <laughs> well, that's also um, not one player. <laughs> exactly. So it, it goes back to Lloyd, and I, I feel like, and I don't normally like the whole, you know, this guy versus this guy when, for for this example, they both play offense, but I feel like this is like Lloyd versus A-Chain mm-hmm. um, in that whoever has the best day, you probably are going to feel pretty good about that team winning, and I feel like both guys, it really sets up for them to both go over 100 yards like you these two teams i never thought prior to the season we'd be saying this but these two teams are actually very similar Mm -hmm. in what they do well what they've struggled with and what will be the keys for winning on saturday night i said on wednesday this is the spider-man pointing at spider-man meme game and even more there are certainly some similarities between carolina and kentucky but it feels like there are even more similarities between the gamecocks and Texas A&M. Um, with that in mind, and I hope I'm not stepping on buy or sell later, but the tiebreaker for the Mason-Dixon lines last hour was total combined scrimmage yards for Lloyd and A-Chain. A-Chain, I think, is third in the SEC in total scrimmage yards. Lloyd, I think, is 11th. So two of the better guys all-purpose in the SEC. What what would you guys have thrown out for a number? Jeez. Um, hey, remind me. Sorry to cut you off, Wes. Thinking about this, A-Chain has a role in special teams as a returner, right? Yeah, that's right. He does. I guess I, that, that's scrimmage. What I was thinking scrimmage yards more than all-purpose yards. Okay. So just because they'll use them in the passing game as well. I was well. just making sure. Yeah, so that, that would be rushing yardage and obviously and receiving, receiving yardage, yardage. And passing yep. yardage. <laughs> you, never, you never know. Hey, yeah. never Probably know. zero for both, but who knows. The <laughs> um, over-under on that. Two. If I was setting it, I'd probably go really, like, not quite 300, you know, if you're splitting it, saying 150 apiece. Yeah. But maybe 275. That's kind of what I thought. Drew's guess, Drew goes first in the tiebreaker. He picked 195. Preston's not here, so I wanted to go high, so I just went 200. But I thought, I, I was thinking, like, I would not have I would not have hesitated to pick 250 plus. Mm-hmm. And those guys, those guys will combine probably get 50 touches tomorrow which is insane to say it's 2022 we're talking about running backs <laughs> and they're probably going to have 50 combined touches I, but i think you look man obviously carolina has th- this offense when it's been good uh it's been when lloyd has gotten the football and but even if you go deeper you look at what a&m does well defensively uh their secondary is really good really talented and Yes, their defensive front is very talented, very highly recruited as well, but 
they are so young up front when you look at their defensive line and you just look at the numbers, they've struggled to stop the run. Uh, you look at the other side, South Carolina, obviously, if you're going to look at a weakness on the defense and you're going to really just boil it down to passing game versus running game, their weakness is certainly stopping the run. I I think a concern for South Carolina is A-Chain, at specific, specifically his rushing style, his speed against Carolina linebackers that are kind of older guys that aren't known for being super fast comparatively to other SEC linebackers. You I, want Sherrod Green playing inside the tackles, not outside the tackles. Yeah, I think uh, if you're if you're A&M, you want to you wanna try to get this guy to the outside and, and try to turn the corner. And then um, we talked about this a bit yesterday. Uh, we, we had a, a, a guest on our podcast from Aggie Scoop, and he was giving us a ton of detail on this A&M team. And their safeties make a ton of tackles, which, I mean, the, the, the further, the deeper you get, the more similar these teams seem. Yeah. So I, I think the battle between the Aggies' safeties and Nicky Memori and, you know, David Spalding, Devonnie, whoever it ends up being, can you, can you chop these runs down, even if it's a solid chunk play? Can you keep it at 10 to 12? As opposed to seventy, right, is another key. Well, that's I think. the other. That's the other interesting thing. Chris Rodriguez. It's like every time he touches the ball, it's going to be six yards. He gets hit at line of scrimmage and he carries you, you know, six yards, or you hit him at six yards and he carries you to nine. With a chain, you can hit him at four and it's a four yard run, but you can also miss him at four and it's seventy four. Like there, there's there seems to be a lot less of the middle ground kind of runs, and, and that I think that's been reflected in Texas A and M success rate which is one of the lower offensively in the SEC. This is a team that's been kind of uh, boomer bust. I was surprised to see, actually, the Texas A&M's defense was number one in the SEC in three and out rate. But it's like it's three and out or the other team goes on a long scoring drive. So there, there doesn't seem to be a lot of middle ground in, on either side of the ball for this Texas A&M team. And number one, I believe, in the conference, number two nationally in red zone defense. Hmm. If you go and look at their red zone numbers, they've been really good at uh, not allowing teams to score touchdowns or even, I mean, even the scoring percentage in general yeah. is pretty low. Now, Alabama helped them out with that metric, I think, the other, you know, Four when they turnovers. played recently. Yeah. They are turnovers. Um, to Wes's point about A-Chain, you could see in the Alabama game, A-Chain didn't have a great game against Bama. He had 16 carries for 62 yards. Um, don't know what his long run was. And he had four catches for five yards. So they bottled. They did do a good job of bottling him up. Mm-hmm. Um, a and M's touchdowns in that game came on short fields yep. off of Bama turnovers. Um, so they didn't do a ton, but you could tell the game plan even with A and M was to get him outside. Um, Bama stymied it for the most part, but I have almost no doubt that they're going to try to get him in space somehow, whether it's. Outside runs, he's obviously a threat catching the football. Yeah, Carolina's so, been very susceptible defensively to the screen game this year, so that's something. Yes. like yeah. I, I feel like 95% of this week has just been Clayton White probably just saying Devon A-Chain, Devon A-Chain, Devon A-Chain. Just like no say doubt. his name over and over again so the defense doesn't lose track of him. You, you got to know where he is because, I mean, we've all said it in different forms or even the same way. I mean, it's it's almost like... South Carolina could have more success than they did against Chris Rodriguez. Rodriguez got his yards. It's just like you said. He he carried them forward. South Carolina's defense forward a bunch of times. He had a lot of yards after contact. But for the most part, they bottled him up in the sense that they didn't allow Kentucky to score a bunch of points, right? Between the 20s, they got some yards. I could see South Carolina's defense having a more successful game than they did. Because, to your point, Pearson, if you stop A-chain in the backfield or two-yard gain or four-yard gain, there might not be much more than that. Or I could see them having a worse game. If you miss a tackle on A-chain, now it's 70 yards, 75 Mm -hmm. yards. He he can make you pay like that. This, to me, might be the... So this will be the seventh game of the season for Carolina. This might be the game where they miss Mo Caba and Jordan Strawn the most because of the, the horizontal... I guess what Mo Kaba provides horizontally, because again, Sherrod Green, Brad Johnson, they're going to be a little more north-south players. Kaba can give you more of that east and west. And Carolina's going to have to be setting the edge because, I mean, like we keep talking about, y'all are probably already sick of hearing us say it this week. If A-Chain gets outside of the tackles, it could spell death 
for Carolina. And and not that Gilbert Edmond hasn't filled in admirably, but Jordan Strawn's supposed to be one of the best players on your defense. Losing that um, could be... I was actually interested to see... A, it was either SEC StatCat or somebody else um, had a stop rates for defensive linemen in the SEC, and Gilbert Edmond actually had a higher stop rate this season than Jordan Burch so far. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe it's Burch you're worried about setting the edge more, but r- regardless, those two guys, I think, are you're really going to feel their absence this week. Not that you haven't in other weeks, but just this specific matchup. Um I wrote down the question, you know, what player is most important for South Carolina to pull the upset? I wrote down three names. You have given your two. I want to give you the other two names that were on my short list and get your thoughts on them. 803-404-6100. If you guys have a thought, one player that you feel like holds the keys to success for South Carolina tomorrow, let us know in the Love Chevy phone line or in the text line, 803-404-6100. And you can get all of us on Twitter as well, at Pearson Fowler, at West Mitchell GC, and at GC Chris Clark. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen. With Pearson Fowler, Chris Clark, and Wes Mitchell. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. 1119 on a football Friday. Welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour on 107.5 The Game. Pearson, Chris, Wes here with you. It is also a Firehouse Subs Friday. There are some sandwiches right outside... Our door, which I'm very hopeful. Uh, there, there's one next to Chris. Yeah, I, I made sure. Wes and I, we brought him in. We smuggled him in. Yeah, don't tell anyone. Yeah, I was going to say, I, have a, I, I see a lot of movement outside of the door. I have a feeling <laughs> there's not going to be any left when I get off the air, which is... Um, I might yeah, have to go we, just we, like, we'll save you one. We have a guard station. I, would say, I, I might just have to go like <laughs> cram one down my gullet during the next break. Absolutely. We'll, see. Um, we'll talk more about firehouse subs and actually... Our good friend Larry Chandler is going to play a little buy or sell with Ooh, us that'll be later on, which is really fun. We'll have buy or sell later in the hour. Uh, we'll talk a little more Carolina, Texas A&M. In the meantime, I have asked Wes and Chris who they feel like the most important player is for South Carolina to pull the upset tomorrow. You both very quickly, and I tried to ask you as quickly as possible so you didn't have time to think and you were ready. You hit Marshawn Lloyd. Wes agreed. TK Sam agrees in the text line. Says 100%. Mr. Marshawn Lloyd, Wild Mustang, will run wildly at williams Price under spectacular stadium bright lights on Saturday night. I had two other players on my short list. Do you want to guess who they were? Ooh. Any um, will you, yeah, will you give us offense or defense? For one him? offense, one defense. I had Lloyd on my short list, obviously. Okay. Um, I... In a vacuum, I would probably say Spencer Rattler. That is correct. Okay. I, I didn't know if you – I know you may have sort of gone deeper with it than that. So Yeah, like I probably should have picked like Kai Kroger, a low-scoring <laughs> game, and special teams could be huge for Carolina. Uh, but I, I really think because of what you mentioned in the Open West, the, the way – or rather how similar these teams are, it being a low-scoring game. We saw Texas A&M play a close game against Arkansas – they came down to several special teams plays. You know, for instance, uh, Texas A&M had a field goal early in the game that was sh- uh, set up by a long kick return. It was Arkansas missing a field goal at the end of the game that ultimately sealed the win for Texas A&M. Um, I-, I think in a close game like that, you can make a case that it's a uh, specialist. But because of the similarities, I'm just thinking six minutes to go in this game. It's going to be tied at 17. Haynes King's going to have a possession to win it for Texas A&M. And then Spencer's going to have a possession to win it for Carolina. I feel like that's Ed Spencer. I, I agree. And I it's funny you say 17. When I sent in my prediction, I said 23 to 17. I just have no idea who's going to have 23 and who's going to have 17. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like of the games this year, this is by far the hardest one to predict so far. And uh, that's because it, it, it it's not really a game that you can play out on paper and just say, well, this team should win unless a bunch of weird stuff happens. Like, I feel like it will come down to your point, who can make the drive at the end? Who can who can have the game where they avoid the turnovers and the other team doesn't? Like, this is one of those games where quite literally how the ball bounces may end up being the difference because it's a, a turnover, red zone, special teams type game. But but I, I do agree, if, if Rattler can play to his potential, um, can, you, you like that battle versus Haynes King or a freshman because there continues to be buzz that the freshman may get in and play some. Uh, Maybe the home field advantage gives you a little bit of that edge in a late game as well. Chris, you were talking about the 
the uh, like Texas A&M's offense in general, and you talked about like some short fields against Alabama. I went through every single game. Sam Houston's the only game where they didn't have like one obvious like oh they scored here because because I mean it was Sam Houston State, but every other game <laughs> it's either been kick returns setting up short drives, turnovers setting up short drives. There was a block punt against Miami that was the difference in that game. Texas A&M's offense has been so heavily reliant on getting short fields. And, and again, all all offenses benefit from that at some point throughout the season. It feels sure. like Texas A&M a little more reliant on that. That's why he wasn't one of my most important players, but Kai Kroger flipping the field for Carolina could, I, I think could be a, a respectable pick here. Yeah, and when you, when you look at a, the expectation, like I think we would all be shocked if we're sitting here Monday and one team, whoever it may be, won 38 to 35 like we'll all be very very surprised like we expect a low scoring game and so when you have a close and a low scoring game field position you know matters a lot turnovers matter a lot it's an interesting point you made about A&M you know they kept it close with Bama not because they played toe-to-toe the entire time with Bama it was really because Alabama turned it over four times to Texas A&M's one Um, you look at thank you you look at the Arkansas game, um, you know, A&M was able to win the turnover battle there versus App State. They had – you weren't here when we ran that stat, were you? That was Terry, I think. Was that yesterday? Do you know how many plays they ran against App State, Texas A&M on offense? 62. Yeah, whatever number you're thinking. Nine. Go away, little. What? 39 plays, and Appalachian State had the ball for almost 42 minutes. Oh, so you had the time of possession stat on Wednesday, 39 plays? That was how many of the Dolphins ran against the Bills earlier this year. 39 plays. That's crazy. So, and, and, you know, they lost the turnover battle there two to nothing. And so when you look at how A&M has had success, they've done it off of turnovers. What has been one of South Carolina's issues on offense this year? It's been turnovers. Mm -hmm. When they haven't turned the football over, South Carolina's been – actually pretty good on offense and so um that's really going to be that that's really one of my keys to the game both teams have had issues with turnovers south carolina hasn't been positive in turnover margin in any sec game they lost it three to nothing to arkansas three to nothing to georgia two to two against kentucky two to two against kentucky or even not even in that game so um that i totally agree is going to be critical especially in a game that's expected to be tight and low scoring like this by the way, I want to know your defensive player as well, but we have a special shout-out on our chat line. For, uh, she says uh, Bam Martin-Scott, and is, the name is uh, Tanisha Martin. So shout-out, I believe, to <laughs> Bam's good. mama for listening in. And uh, your, your kid is a very talented player. So I, I would like to see, as the year goes on, second half, a little more of 22 myself, but well, in, in all honesty, I mean, if we're talking about matchups, that wasn't my player. But, you know, we've talked about Sherrod Green, Brad Johnson – uh, well, I guess Sherrod Green's old head, Brad Johnson's just regular old. But regardless, th- those guys, there's a benefit to knowing where to be in the defense, to understanding the scheme. It's valuable to have those guys in your linebacking core. But we have seen, is, is it Bam Martin, Martin Scott or Scott Martin? Martin Scott. Martin Scott. We have seen his role grow in this defense and a little more speed, a little more athleticism, maybe giving up a little bit of size relative to somebody like Johnson or Green. But this might be a game that fits his skill set a little bit better. We might see more of him, I think, on Saturday. Yeah, and he he played. It was interesting. He played a lot late in the Kentucky game, and that got my wheels turning. I don't know if it was. I don't know if somebody was banged up or if that was truly a matchup thing. That when Kentucky was having to throw the ball, they said, "Look, let's get a little more athleticism in that position." Mm-hmm. But if you look for like most of the game. It was it was mainly Shrey Green and Brad Johnson. They mixed in Debo a little bit, mixed in Stone Blanton a little bit. But then once it became a passing game for Kentucky, it was a ton of 22 out there. So I'm, yeah. I'm wondering if that was sort of a down-and-distance uh, game flow type uh, decision. Well, and, you're, and you're not worried about giving up size as much to mm-hmm. A-Chain as you were to Rodriguez. So match, yeah, match speed for speed a little bit at the second level. So uh, with that in mind, the, third, the, the defensive player that I picked that I think might be my answer even more than Lloyd – is Nick Emanwari. I knew you were going to pick him. Well, we talk about we talk about front sevens, and no one really runs a 4-3 anymore, but I think we're going to see, and, and they do this a lot anyway. You've talked about how Carolina, they're a 4-2-5 team that you know mostly ends up with a, mostly ends up running a lot of single high safety looks because you're always rolling the linebacker down in the box. Uh, there, there's your front seven, your four defensive linemen, your two uh, linebackers and whatever safety rolls into the box. I wonder if Clayton White doesn't just say, you know, here's the defense, Nick, you get a what? What Eric Kimry called a cat defense. Like you got that cat. 
<laughs> like just Nick Amemori, just follow A-Chain around everywhere. Yeah, and I think uh, looking back at the Kentucky game, it um, it took me longer than I want to admit to realize that Spalding was actually playing safety in that game because I thought I thought he had subbed in at the nickel, which is where he played last year, because South Carolina had a safety up near the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. so often, mm-hmm. and it was it was almost like you literally had two nickels and then one safety in right. the middle. So I, I would imagine something similar to that. Uh, now, whether they go all out with it, like you're saying, and just it, it's basically the same concept of when you spy a quarterback, just saying, mm-hmm. just spy hey, it, yeah, yeah, Nick, you get him. But I, I do think that's that's going to be a huge key for both sides. Is it, it's just it is so weird. The deeper you get, the more similarities they are between how these teams play this year right well and a big difference now it was mitigated a little bit against Kentucky because you had Kai Sharon in there and not Will Levis but Kentucky's got some talent at wide receiver um you know enough that you felt like you had to run some more traditional looks if you stick I mean you probably feel good with Darius Rush or Cam Smith on um uh Evan Stewart for Texas A&M other than that this seems like a game where South Carolina should comfortably be able to go eight guys in the box Darius Rush, Devonnie Reed, Cam Smith take care of their playmakers on the perimeter. Who have, Anaya Smith is still their second leading receiver. He hasn't played in a month. That's where Texas A&M's outside playmakers are. Just, just roll with like an eight-man box and three in the defensive backfield and take your chances with Haynes King. Yeah, and I mean, watching back the Bama game, uh, Moose Muhammad. Man, uh, I was just I was just, back. Uh, yeah, I was, childhood I was, memories. There. I was just tweeting today. So uh, I sent out a tweet today about how all. Old, we're all getting, meaning me. I'm getting old. Wes is getting old. Um, Dre Kirkpatrick, mm-hmm. remember? Oh, yeah. I, he I passed think he was in like the, uh, Alshon in that Alabama game. He did. Couch. Yeah. So he was in, I was going to say he was in the 2009 class. He might have been. He might have been a f- sophomore that year. So I think he was in the 2009 recruiting class. I remember covering his recruitment. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was very early in my career. And he has a son now who's a prospect. Dre <laughs> Kirkpatrick, I think the third. Wow. And, yeah, and South Carolina uh, went by his school the other day. Same high school as his dad, I think. So I'm like, wow. That's crazy. But, um, yeah, I mean, Moose Muhammad is a strong route runner. Um, he did some really good things against Bama. Uh, they had a touchdown on a throwback play to Donovan Green, their tight end. But, yeah, I mean, look, you're going to have to really be aware. When you look at the guys, like, who can hurt you on this offense? Uh, meaning A&M's offense. Haynes King does have a knack. It's very ugly <laughs> a lot of the time, but he can make some plays with his feet. He can he can extend some plays. He can buy some time, and that can be dangerous. Evan Stewart's really good, um, really, really talented player. I, I do think Moose Muhammad's a guy that can, that can hurt you, and then obviously A-Chain. But it's not like, oh, my gosh, there's guys absolutely everywhere, and Smith being out is a big you know part of that. You might have said this off air earlier in the week. Were you making the Haynes King Kellen Mond comparison? I don't. I don't remember saying that. I mean, they both have kind of a funky throwing motion. They do. They both aren't mobile quarterbacks, but they're reasonably athletic, but also not as fast as they look. Yeah, Kellen Mond. I mean, that the game in uh, twenty seventeen at College Station, South Carolina went up what seventeen to seven in that game. I think. And then they came back, and Mond, it had to be 30 times in the game. It was third and six, and he would run for seven yards. Mm-hmm. Or he would extend a play just enough, he, he, he get a pass fast. He wasn't that athletic. He just kind of did it. I he think King knack. might be a little more athletic than Mond, but like neither, neither both of those guys is, is pretty ugly. And mostly it's like the wonky kind of throwing motion. And, and Mond, like ultimately, he was like a solid. He was like probably an average SEC quarterback. He just happened to start for for four years, but it was, it never looked like he was going to do the things they ended up doing. It's like, he's not going to complete. Oh, I guess he completed that pass. Oh, he's not going to be able to run for, oh, I guess he's going to be able to run for, he's always surprised whenever he did something. It yeah. I mean, weird. Haynes is uh, watching the Bama game. I was like, how did he, you know, do, how did he complete that pass? I mean, one of them was complete. I mean, the ball he threw up for Stewart. I mean, that's oh, yeah. as ugly as yeah. it gets. And <laughs> kid made up and made a, made a great play, but that can be dangerous. I mean, when you get opportunities, he got flushed from the pocket a lot. So when you get opportunities 
to get him on the ground, make sure if you're South Carolina that you you cash in on those chances. Yeah, they finally got the quarterback to the ground after weeks and weeks of not having as much success. Uh, when they finally got to him against Kentucky, they got to keep that momentum going. 803-404-6100. I uh, want to hear from you guys. Anyone else that we missed is sort of an individual player that's going to have a big role in Carolina pulling the upside tomorrow. Any other matchups that you are looking out for, let us know in the Love Chevy phone line or in the text line. Get all of us on Twitter, at Pearson Fowler, at West Mitchell, GC, at GC. Chris Clark still to come. We have some buy or sell and more thoughts on Carolina A&M. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen with Pearson Fowler, Chris Clark, and Wes Mitchell. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. 1137 on a Friday. Welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour here on 107.5 The Game. Pearson West, Chris, here with you in the Herndon Chevy Studios, talking Carolina, Texas A&M, still to come. Got some buy or sell with Larry Chandler of Firehouse Subs, who's nice enough to bring us some sandwiches today for a nice Firehouse Fun Friday. Think of all the F words we can use today. Don't use them all. <laughs> Happen to be some of my favorite words. But we'll get Larry in here in the next couple minutes. Uh, we'll... Well, our last segment today, we'll do some buy or sell, and we'll get Larry in here as Wes and Chris are enjoying some lovely firehouse. What did y'all get, by the way? I went roast beef. All? No, All? They, they only went, I think we had roast beef, ham, and turkey today. So I, okay, I went nice. roast beef first, like Wes, turkey second. I uh, I broke broke it up with an oatmeal raisin cookie. Oh, good. But I'll probably go ham next. Why not? <laughs> yeah, why not? It's out there. That's very good. Uh, very curious to hear Larry's picks on buy or sell as well. Uh, Wes, do you have them or... They're formulating. They're for- formulating. Okay, good. I like that they kind of come together organically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the last Best minute. way to do it. Normally, it's like, Wes, like, do you have one? Yeah, let me think of one. I got <laughs> do, you ha- do you have one? I'll think of some. Okay. I think I have one. Yeah. Okay, good. All right. Uh, the bear, not the animal, college game day. Yeah, Chris Felica. Yeah. The bear. Oh, is it Felica? I think so. That's how okay. Heath says it. I think Heath has him on the show sometimes. I, I would trust Heath. I just yeah. always read Falica. But mostly it's just the bear whenever I see his. He uh, he just did an epic notebook dump on Twitter. Oh, really? Just like some notes and numbers on this week's college football slate. And then it's just like 30 tweets of just like completely unrelated stats. So just for fun, I'm going to throw two trivia questions at you. Well, no, I'll, I'll throw one trivia question at you. And then I'll give you some other nuggets cause, just because this is fun. Uh, only three teams have scored every red zone trip this season. I got one, I And think. it's not a random group of five school. You said three teams? Three teams. Do you have it, Wes? You look like you Looks jolted like into action it. there. No, no, no I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I, uh, uh, I, it. I feel like I heard one of these teams recently. I think, I think Clemson is one. But also... <laughs> right. Um, is this relevant to our? No. Okay. You said I'm sorry. You said scored a touchdown or scored every red zone trip? Scored. Just scored. Okay. We know it's not Alabama. No. <laughs> they missed a sh- they missed a shorty against A yep. uh, and Man, no. I, I would say don't overthink State. it. Don't Wait. overthink it. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Um. Tennessee. Ah. Uh, that's, that's that is the one I heard that somewhere. I don't think week. I think Tennessee scored on every drive this season, haven't they? <laughs> Feels like it. Every time they touch the ball, they score. Does kind of seem like it. I have no idea on the third. Ohio State. Ohio State is correct. Wow. So yeah, not a surprising list, but yeah. a good list. That um, is impressive. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Well, if you do that, you're typically good team. But how, how do you not? <laughs> how have you at this point not screwed up one time? That's right. In the red zone and lost the football. Well, to that end, and I was of course mining this thread to see if there was uh, an interesting nugget on South Carolina or Texas A and nothing on Texas A and M, but he does have that Carolina has committed 15 turnovers this season. Five of them have come in the red zone. Ooh, almost a red zone turnover per game. He didn't say where that compared to the rest of the country. He just left it with an ellipsis. Ooh. I I feel like this could go two ways. When you have a team that has turned the ball over quite a bit, um, either the, the one way, the like negative way to look at it, is that, oh, they are turnover prone, and they do things that put the ball in danger, so they have turned it over more. The other side is that turnovers a lot of times – can be a bit random, mm-hmm. and maybe they've just had some bad turnover luck and that they are a better team than they appear to be if it's sort of uh, 
eases back towards the average yep. as far as turnovers go. And I, I don't know which. I'm not saying Carolina is one or the other. Um, but we've seen that, on, you know, defensively for Carolina. Like, we've we've seen the uh, first couple must champ years. Even last year, you know, the amount of turnovers South Carolina was forcing, you looked at a lot of their defensive stops from that perspective and were going, you know, they kind of got bailed out there a little bit. So, I, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be interesting this week because we've, we've seen South Carolina – sort of, uh, I would say, take their offense into a more um, safe approach in the passing game, even though they've still had some turnovers. They Obviously, the two balls go off your receiver's hands. You can't really plan for that. But um, I'm getting to a point here, I promise, I think. But uh, this week, I don't know if those quick perimeter passes that have been so successful the last few weeks are necessarily going to hold up against an A&M secondary that is big, fast, and just good. So that might be a battle within the battle. Yeah. you know. To be fair, I wouldn't have thought that would have worked against Kentucky either because Kentucky does have a very good defense, and, mm-hmm. and that it did, you know, maybe there. I saw Wilhelms um, yesterday maybe, and I don't remember what the number was exactly, but mentioned that Carolina's wide receivers are the best run blockers on the perimeter in the SEC. I don't know exactly what the measurement is for that, but considering how much of a talking point that was after the first week or two of the season, for them to have turned that around, you know, if that's a sustainable number that continues, might be part of the key to the success they had against Kentucky and and potentially to unlocking that part of the passing game for them tomorrow. Yeah, I think the last few weeks, um, the eye test tells us that. But, you know, we were saying, obviously, the competition for two of those weeks. And you were saying, is this sustainable against Kentucky? You got, I feel like a pretty resounding yes on that. Um, but I also, I feel like my, my read, my vibe is that A&M um, has pretty easily one of the best secondaries mm-hmm. that South Carolina is going to face this year. Yeah. So um, it's always about matchups and um, getting CBS that, back. Someone that can help you block down the field. If Carolina's ever in any two back sets, I think I think helps with that as well. Uh, let me throw one more random stat. Uh, not that this means anything or has anything to do with this weekend, but just because it's interesting. Uh, dead last in the entire country, not just the SEC, at opponents' third down conversions. It is an SEC team. Do you want to guess? You said it is. Yeah, they're obviously last in the SEC, but they're last in the whole country. <laughs> My. My kind of snarky answer would be Vanderbilt, but um, I don't that's usually actually, a good guess I, I actually right. don't think that's it. Uh, uh, Missouri was my guess. Nope. Nope. Ah. It is the Florida Gators. Yeah, Missouri's actually pretty good on defense. Do you that, know that was a bad how guess. many, do you know what the percentage is of opponents' successful third down conversions? 48. 52.6% of the time. That's very bad. That's insane. Oregon is 129th at 50.6. That's crazy. I need to change my Oregon UCLA I think, pick. <laughs> yeah. I think Oregon's just thrown off because I think Georgia was like 100%. If Georgia even got in a third one. down. I just scored on every play. <laughs> yeah, I don't think, yeah, they didn't have any they, third They downs. didn't even get to third. Yeah. yeah they, uh, I, I think, um, wow, if... Uh, if you take, but if you take out to your point, if you take out the Georgia game from Oregon stats, it's probably mm-hmm. yeah completely different. That being said, I think it's crazy that UCLA is getting almost a full touchdown in that game, and I I gobbled up all those six and a half points for the Bruins in the Mason Dixon line. So there you go. I don't even remember if that was the pick that I sent to Colin, but after <laughs> reading about or after doing a little more research this morning, I, I feel really good about it now. There's some random stats for you for absolutely no reason, but we'll get back into thoughts on Carolina and Texas A&M on the other side with a little buy or sell with our friend uh, Larry Chandler of Firehouse Subs. It's a Firehouse Friday. Uh, also, one of the other great sponsors here of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour on 107.5 The Game are the folks at Gamecock Moving that have very recently helped Wes com- successfully complete a move in a morning in which there was a South Carolina football game. And, and Wes, that's my favorite part of your story, that you still got to watch the game on time. Yeah, that was like, all right, guys, if you can get us in by kickoff, then uh, I'll be a customer for life. Now, I do hope that I'm not moving anytime soon, but I know there's a lot of people in Columbia who are moving, and they can help you make what is a process we all dread. Uh, just be very simple and carefree. Gamecockmoving.com, 803-814-3569. Residential and commercial moving services, licensed, bonded, and insured. But most importantly, you know, they they want me to tell you about all this stuff. The most important thing is that you can sit there, tailgate in your house, couchgate, if you will, 
we we were watching college game day uh, before they were even finished moving. Like they they got the TV in there, we had the game on, and they were literally running around um, all around us completing this process. So not only did I get to see kickoff, I got to see the lead up to kickoff as well. All in one morning, everything was packed up and dropped off and then unpacked at the house. Again, GamecockMoving.com, 803-814-3569. Very good. Final thoughts on Carolina, Texas A&M, and buy or sell next. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen with Pearson Fowler, Chris Clark, and Wes Mitchell. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. Ten minutes in front of noon on a Friday morning. A football Friday and a Firehouse Friday here on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Got Larry Chandler here with us in the studio. It's taking you way too long to to get you here. We're happy you're here today. We probably need more of your football expertise on a regular basis, but we appreciate the sandwiches and we appreciate you being here with us today. How's it going? Oh, it's going great. Thank you for having me. It's awesome. Wes has been uh, diligently formulating his buys and sells for our buy or sell segment. So do you need me to vamp or are you ready to go? I'm, I'm ready. ready. Oh, sorry. We, no, we've got we've got four of them. Actually, right now we got three. Do you still have one? You're going to add to the the bunch, Pearson? Yeah, yeah, I can. Do okay, that. all right. So I, we're we're going to go ahead. Let's go ahead and start it. Um, this one is actually Chris's contribution. Um, Marshawn Lloyd, more going total or rushing yards? Let's go total. Okay, y'all know where we're going with this. Uh, Lloyd more yards than a chain total yards, buy or sell. Um. Who wants to go first? Larry? What, and Larry was uh, very specific that he did not want to know beforehand. <laughs> okay. So we're, no prep. we're throwing him on the radio and putting him on the spot. Uh, Larry, are you buying or selling that Marshawn Lloyd has a better game basically than A-Chain? I'm buying. I think he's going to have 150 total yards. Okay. You ask me how many yards, but I'm saying buy. I, I dig it. I, uh, I'm buying as well. I'm, I'm going... I'm going Homer on this answer because I'm not going Homer on one of the later ones. So I'm I'm buying. Chris, what you got? Yeah, I'm I'm buying as well. Marshawn Lloyd, second half of the first half of the season, his last three games has been really good. A chain co- competition's been a little better, but uh, numbers haven't been quite as high. I'm going Lloyd. I am. I mean, this is like I should be buying this because I've been singing Marshawn Lloyd's praises more than anybody since the preseason. I'm going to sell. Just because I look at a Texas A&M offense that is more reliant on A-Chain specifically, I feel like Carolina's got a few more weapons. Juice Wells, Jalen Brooks have really emerged as bona fide threats and had huge roles to play in that Kentucky win. I think they'll be involved. I think Carolina will be able to diversify on offense a little bit more. And A-Chain has also just proven to be a little bit more of a reliable big threat. It's like 170-yard run might might give him the edge from a yardage perspective. So I'll sell. All right, Pearson, you want to give yours now? Well, no, because that was kind of in the same vein as mine. So do your other ones, and I'll think of a new one. Okay, sounds good. Um, by the way, we'll tell you a little bit more about her in a second. This segment is brought to you by our friend Kendall Walsh of the Moore Company. Uh, Gamecocks will win the turnover battle here Saturday night, 7.30 p.m. SEC Network. I'm going to buy because we have to. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is a good reason. That is a good one. Um, I am buying as well. Actually, that was uh, one of that was my prediction for our staff predictions piece on GamecockCentral.com that South Carolina would finally. I said earlier they have not been in the positive turnover margin uh, in any conference game this year. They've lost it twice. They've been even once. So I think they do it on Saturday. I will sell. I think Carolina will force some turnovers, but Texas A&M has created, I think, the third most turnover-worthy plays from opposing offenses in the SEC. Uh, you mentioned the ball-hawking secondary. I, I, I think they'll be able to get the ball off Carolina. I, I don't know if they'll lose it. I don't think they'll win it. To your point, Chris, they haven't won it yet. Mm-hmm. So it, it might be even, but I don't think they're going to win it. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to go off of Pearson's stats. Those were good. And the, like you said, the way it's worded, Carolina has to win it to buy it. So, um I, I can see it being even. Both teams probably will turn it over a bit. Um, all right, let's throw yours in here now if you have it. Okay, uh, Kai Kroger <laughs> will have more punting yards than Texas A&M has total yards. How are we supposed to answer that? Um, anybody? Trying to do the math here. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> um, we're, we're running it through our head. I'm going to sell All right. that one. 
Kai Kroger, by the way, 73-yard punt last year versus A&M. That's right. Also, they returned one for a touchdown. So, <laughs> yeah, um, that was, a, that was, was a that nice the same punt? Right? Not 18? It was not the same punt. It was <laughs> I'm hoping we're not going to punt a lot, so that's why I'm... There you go. Larry is speaking his buyer sells into existence. Yes, he is. I like that strategy. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to sell okay. that. I'm, I'm yeah. so bad with numbers. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll sell as well. All right. I will buy. My final prediction, I had Carolina with four scoring drives, which means probably seven-ish punts, 45-ish yards per punt, and I think Texas a and is going to struggle offensively. I'm going to buy. Okay. All right. Chris, you sold as well? I sold. I got to make sure I'm accurate in my record keeping. I got. Oh, by the way, yeah, I have a bone week. to pick with you on that because you totally screwed up one of my picks from last week. I have the tape for it. We don't have time for it today, but we'll get to that Monday. <laughs> okay, we we can get to that then. Um, all right. So uh, the easy one: South Carolina will win the game Saturday night. Buy or sell? I have a feeling of which way you're going with this, Larry. I think you've already <laughs> you've already tipped us uh, tipped your hand here. But the bonus is what is the final score? Ooh. All right, we're breaking the streak, finally. We're going to break the streak. So I'm saying 28-17. 28-17, Gamecocks. Larry is buying a South Carolina victory Saturday night. Chris Clark. I will buy a victory going 24-20, to South Carolina. Hmm. Pearson? I, and you can check the tape. I sent it to Colin yesterday at 1.49 p.m. I am buying a South Carolina win 24-17. to Okay, we have similar numbers. Um, hate to be the guy, but I am selling until I see it. <laughs> no, I, I feel like I feel like we're all a little bit riding a high from the Kentucky win. Josh Yeoman's looking at me sideways right now, but um, that's just how I feel. I've got 23-17 A&M selling. We got three buys on that, one sell. I hope to be wrong. I really do. It'd be a much more fun week next week if I am wrong. I feel like you're going to be wrong. Okay, Larry Larry is speaking this into existence. Constantly. Larry's right about everything because he's a man with the sandwiches. <laughs> hey, if, um, if Carolina can play as well as your firehouse staff did with those sandwiches, then it's going to be a good night for the Gamecocks, I feel like. Uh, don't forget to tell everybody about uh, your friend Kendall. Yeah, Kendall Wall, she is my uh, realtor. Uh, she can be yours as well. She's with the Moore Company here in Columbia, 803-414-3590. Her email address is workwithwalsh at gmail.com. Uh, you can find her on Twitter, Instagram, at workwithwalsh. Um, just like we were telling you earlier with Gamecock Moving, she helped me and my fiance get into a new house. Uh, she actually helped my uh, future mother-in-law sell her house as well. So uh, we've been working with Kendall for a lot lately. It's been a smooth process. Um, sometimes in this, you know, the housing market can be a little bit difficult, a little bit scary. But Kendall made it very, very simple for us. She can do the same for you, 803 414 Three five nine zero. All right, we are up against it. It's been a fun Friday show, fun Firehouse Friday. Larry, thanks so much. Will you come oh, back? Thank y'all. Appreciate you so much. Please Appreciate come you back. Later. After Please we win tomorrow night, by we, might, we might start a streak, so I might have to come every Friday. <laughs> yes. Yeah, seriously. If you're Firehouse the Friday for the Gamecocks, we'll, we'll definitely keep this going. <laughs> thank y'all. Uh, that is all we have time for. Appreciate Larry. Everything that he does, uh, of course, Firehouse Sub sponsoring this hour and uh, bringing us sandwiches today, giving us some buy or sell picks for Wes, for Chris. Before we get out of here, though, it's a big game. It's already sold out. We actually still have tickets. 803-404-6100. If you're caller number five right now, we'll give you a pair. 803-404-6100. Caller number five wins a pair of tickets to go see Texas A&M tomorrow. Good luck. Talk to you Monday. Hey, gents, let's talk Halloween for a second. What is your favorite Halloween memory? One time I saw Nightmare Before Christmas performed live at the Hollywood Bowl. Walking with your kids. It felt so magical. And after they've got their candy and they walk away. So pure. The dad inside the house is handing you a beer. My dad, when I get home, he would have me like empty out all the candy to make sure that it's safe. And it wasn't until I was about 35 that I realized, what the f***? He was just eating my candy. Rude. What's your favorite Halloween costume? One year, I was Matthew McConaughey's character from Dazed and Confused. One year, I was like, I would like to be roadkill. The Halloween costume was a plastic smock and then a really scratchy plastic mask. I mean, you were styling if you had one of those. Aquaman, the plastic mask cutting into your eyes, and then you get that little hole in the mouth to breathe through all night long. What's your favorite Halloween candy? What's your favorite candy, man? Anything Reese's, Snickers bars. It's all the food groups. It's a meal. You've got caramel. Yes.
Candy corn. I love candy corn. Me too. Wait, really? I'm one of the small percent of people who actually really enjoys candy corn. It gets a bad rap. (laughs) Thank you so much, everyone. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween from the Cumulus Podcast Network. Make sure to subscribe and follow us at youtube.com slash Cumulus Podcast. Candy corn is terrible. It's atrocious. It shouldn't be allowed. It's not a candy. Happy Halloween. (laughs) Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-427 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.